Welcome to My Best 11 podcast. Today we are joined by a man who is coined as the football finance lecturer, an expert increasingly coming more and more into the media um, as football finance becomes a big issue. Today he is here to talk about his love, his team, which is Brighton. Um, the man who is the co-host of Price of Football um, podcast. We are joined today by Kieran Maguire. How are you, Kieran? I'm I'm very good. As, as a Brighton fan, things could hardly get much better. Quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Uh, we uh, we absolutely tonked West Ham at, at the weekend, four 0 So a, enjoy it whilst it's last. You know that's what you should always do. In it, wherever you are in football, enjoy it where it like, lasts because you, you one minute you're one minute you're up there, and the next minute it can be a disaster. But yeah, I'm I'm loving it at present. Excellent. Remember, you're talking to two Luton fans here, so <laughs> we know exactly what you mean. Enjoy the highs because they, they won't last too long. Um, how are you, Marvin? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Looking forward to this episode. Listen to um, Kieran and Kevin's um, podcast and I find it very, very interesting. And so it's just great to have him on as one of our guests. So those people who haven't listened to the pod before, what we do is we go through and Kieran's going to talk about the best 11 players he's ever watched um, at the ground or um, mostly at the ground, because I know he goes quite a bit, um, of Brighton going through the years from the late 70s all the way through to today. So get your thinking caps on, listeners. See how many of these you can guess. So what we do is we jump straight in. Um, What formation are you going to go for for your best 11, Kieran? I'm going to go 3-5-2. Bit of bit of fluidity with it. Some of these players are very flexible, uh, as 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 personified in in the modern game. So uh, I, I think they, they they will actually complement each other. Um, they will certainly score plenty of goals. Uh, I, I'm not sure we'll be necessarily the best at keeping them. Uh, but yeah, win every match four three three points, isn't it? True. Is that the way you go into games every week? Is that you, <laughs> or you're one nil man? You just like if you if you were a coach yourself, or did you coach yourself? Were you like Mr. Defence, first of all, or were you coaching without, nah, just go for it? Uh, no, I, I would be very, very cautious. Um, we, we had Chris Hewton as manager. Chris did a magnificent job for us uh, at Brighton. And Chris was always, you start with the clean sheet and, and you build from there. Um, and we, we owe him a, a huge debt of thanks for everything he achieved. But Chris was not very expansive, whereas Brighton's present manager, Roberta De Zerbi, we've got no idea what he said to the players, but only Arsenal and Manchester City have scored more goals since he's taken over, which is which is quite ludicrous for a, for a club with a bottom six budget in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, Marv, when you were a player, did they did you notice his managers who came in and said this is all about defense, 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 or mm. go for it? Was it that obvious as a as a player? And I mean, I don't I don't think it is because I think. A lot of the, I mean, I've been up looting all my life. I think that most managers who are going to be associated or be involved with the club know that it's a certain way how we play. I mean, even though we weren't one of those big clubs, I feel that for us, even from back in the day before even I started playing in back in the 80s when um, David Pleat was manager and they were in Division 2, I mean, they were very entertaining. They they got promoted that season and then they played like against Liverpool and won 4-3 or lost 4-3. It'd always be a high like entertaining games. So I think from those days, it's always been set that you know, the Luton way would be a like football way. And I, I mean, and I, I, and I thoroughly enjoyed it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So we're going to go jump straight to Kieran's team. We'll start with goalkeeper. And as we go, if you can give us a couple of clues to see if Marv and myself can guess it. And if you want to, you can chuck an honourable mention in there, just in case you ever meet any of the players and don't want to offend them. <laughs> um, well, in terms of goalkeeper, this is, this is a goalkeeper that's had 18 clubs. Um, so, But he played more matches for Brighton than any other of the clubs in his career. He's he's still playing. Um, he, he's involved in a, a couple of a couple of matches in the same season, which which I think sets him apart. Um, in one of the matches, he scored two own goals, which was quite spectacular for a goalkeeper. Um, and in the other, he made the best save I've ever seen from a Brighton goalkeeper. First of all, he... He saved a, a penalty going across to his right. The, the ball hit the post, came straight back to the centre forward, who just had to tap it in. And he threw himself full length and he pushed it round the corner. And that that just inspired everybody. The whole team was lifted. And, and as a crowd, we were lifted as well. And we went on to have a famous victory that night. So um, he has been in the England squad 
He has played in the Premier League uh, for Fulham. Um, he spent many of his years out on loan, as, as often will be the case uh, with a goalkeeper. And he is presently still playing at the age of 37. Did he, did he start his career at Middlesbrough? I don't think so. No, no, he he's, he's a Yorkshire lad. Were you going Ben Roberts? No, I was going. Um, I can't think of his name. Stock David Stockdale. David Stockdale is the man. Yeah. Where did he start? Where did he start? I tried to offer his. He, he started. I think he started at Whitby, somewhere like that. Oh, um, okay. That's a good shout. Yeah. He, he was an absolutely magnificent keeper for us. Uh, for three years, and the save he made against Forestier who, uh, at, uh, at Sheffield Wednesday, uh, when it was it was one one. It was the season we got promoted. Um, Glenn Murray saved the ball on the line to get get red carded. It was one one at the time. We thought, oh well, yeah, we're down to ten men. They've got a penalty. That's it. Um, uh, and David Stockdale made this incredible double save. And then we went down the other end and scored and somehow held on. And then Wednesday got two red cards in the last minute. Yeah, one of those matches that as a fan is, <laughs> as a professional, you go, oh, we, we, we just didn't, didn't manage the game out there, boys. But as a fan, it's 90 minutes of complete chaos and carnage yeah. and three points as well. You sat there going, is anybody got a defib? Is anybody a defibrillator? <laughs> Everybody needs it. Oh, awesome. So Stockdale, you said that, I mean, you've had some really kind of, um, obviously you've got keepers now that are really at the top, top level. You've had, um, obviously, Australian Matty Ryan. You've had, uh, you've got Robert Robert Sanchez now. But yep. then even going back further back than that, you've had um, Perry Digweed, people like that. What makes Stockdale stand out? Or is it just, and this will be interesting as the team goes through, is it you pick them on moments? I- I think David has done some amazing things when he was at the club. Uh, you know, we also had Joe Corrigan, who used to be the England goalkeeper. He he came to join us. Um, you, you mentioned Perry Digweed. Uh, we, we had Mark Beanie, who uh, he ended up playing for England. Mark, Mark Beanie was sold for six hundred and fifty grand to Leeds to Leeds United um, in in I think it was the mid nineties. And if he hadn't been sold, there wouldn't be a Brighton Hove Albion today. So there are many goalkeepers. But I, I think Davy Stockdale would have a good relationship with fans. And, and there was a tragedy at Brighton when um, there, an aircraft came down at an air show and it killed a load of people, including two people from, from the Brighton ground staff. And by all accounts, you know, the, the club was magnificent, but everybody says that David Stockdale just rose above everybody else in the way. He had time for everybody. He counselled these these grieving people. He he rallied the troops, um, and he was also a fantastic goalkeeper. Uh, so I, I think putting all of those together, and and he was the goalkeeper in the year in which we were promoted to the Premier League. I think the club offered him a two year contract. He put his family first, um, and, and he says, you know, I, I need greater security. So he went for a longer contract elsewhere. Um, I, I just think he's got a lot of admirable qualities as well as that moment. And some of the, he was, he was in the PFA championship team of the season yeah. uh, in, in 90, sorry, in, in 2016, 17, because he deserved it. He, he was just magnificent. 20 clean sheets in 46 games. Um, and, and then to finish it off, uh, we, we were promoted and we had to go to Norwich. I think we needed a point to win the league and he scored two own goals and, and, and we ended up as runners up. But those are the types of things which actually, in retrospect, you look you look back now and, and you, you have to have a laugh about. Yeah, I oh, know. Definitely. Definitely. So I saw I was reading you were born in Elephant and Castle. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. South, South. I'm a South London boy. Yeah. So why Brighton? Well, I, I, I would have been a Millwall fan. My my uncle was big into Millwall in the early 70s, but my mum wouldn't let me go because Millwall had a bit of a reputation and my uncle Terry ran with the boys, shall we say. So so I wasn't bad. And, and then, then my mum and dad got jobs in Brighton. Uh, my dad worked for American Express and they moved down there. I, I was 11. I could catch a bus to the old Goldstone ground and that was it. You know, once once you start going regularly, because I, I used to go and watch Chelmsford City when uh, we lived there for a few years. Uh, I watched the occasional match with my uncles in London, but sort of, you know, I love football, but I was never any good at it. And, I, and, I just, and once I started going, it, and I think it's yeah, at that age, we start going with your mates from school. And it's, yeah, that was it. You Because know, then you had something to talk about on a Monday morning. You know, you, you'd, all, you'd all meet up and sometimes you go to away matches together and that was it. That's, you know, 50, 50 years this season. That's a, that's a good innings. That's a really good innings. And you, 
So obviously you went to watch the game with your mates. Around that time, was Brighton the, the town? Was it a Brighton town or was it like Man United, Arsenal? Like, like Luton's always suffered a bit from that, as of all of the kind of the, the suburbs just outside of um, just outside of London. Was Brighton like that or was it all now we're Brighton? Yeah, there, there were times when I think that you know Manchester United are a, a global brand, you know, as are Liverpool and so on. So there was always some kids supporting them. Um, but just after I moved there, Brighton started to progress with Brian Clough as manager. Uh, he he then left to go to Leeds and the famous you know the, the famous damned United in forty two days at Leeds. Um, so we're always a club that sort of punched above our our weight. Um, and, and then uh, you know when when. When he left, um, his assistant Peter Taylor took over. Then Alan Mullery and Alan Mullery took us through to the what was the old First Division, which is now the Premier League, of course. Um, so we, we were getting crowds of of thirty thousand in in the Third Division. So it's always a decent crowd, and then things started to tail off. Yeah, with fo- football. Yeah, anybody remembers sort of mid eighties to the sort of the mid nineties, really. Yeah, football football was tainted, and, and Brighton's crowds disappeared. We've, uh, we we slipped through the divisions, um, and, and and we have come back. We, you know, we're now back to, to thirty thousand plus every game. No, that's it's really that's really interesting, as you say. It's about going to watch games. That's what makes people watch sport or yeah. love their team. Um, is exactly that. We'll move on to your defence. So you've gone three five two. So whichever side you want to go, or right, centre, or left. Right. Um, I'm I'm going to start off with. Um, centre centre and this was Brighton's first ever £100,000 signing um, subsequently was was sold to Liverpool became a manager at Oxford and Peterborough um, at Liverpool won the old first division won the European Cup uh, he's he's always been associated as a, as a Preston as a Preston fan um, people might know him from he spent a lot of time on the telly as a pundit as well yep Mark Lawrenson. Mark Lawrenson, that's right. And w- without doubt, in the 1970s, we, he, he signed from Ruster and Preston. We'd, ne- we'd never heard of him. So £100,000 for Brighton in those days was was huge. Um, and he, he was he, he was like a gazelle in a herd of wildebeest. He just had that that elegance. He, yeah, we, we were used to third division, second division football, and Lawrenson would pick the ball up um, you know, in the centre of defence and he'd go forward 40 yards in, in a way that we'd never seen before. Um, he, he was deceptively quick, decent in the air. Um, and uh, he even ended up playing in midfield for us for a while uh, when, when, when coming back from injury, just, just because he was that fit, he could do it. Um, and, and when he left us to go to, to Liverpool, I think he had the choice of Liverpool or Manchester United. And I think if he'd gone to Manchester United under Ron Atkinson, they would have won more trophies. Yeah. He, he was alongside Alan Hansen at Liverpool uh, for quite a few years and, and was just, they were just a magnificent pairing. Yeah, they, they, they knew how to read the game as centre-halves. Yeah, no, definitely. Did he ever come back down? Does he, does he come back to Brighton much? I assume he got an amazing reception, would he? Um, he, fans are a bit, you know what fans can be like because he, because he is a Preston lad and because he won all these trophies with Liverpool, those were the two clubs that he, he tends to speak about most of all. Um, and and therefore some of the fans get a bit ratty, but I've I've had the privilege of meeting him on a couple of occasions and and he he does speak very fondly. And I think fans have now learned that, uh, you know, it, it, it is a transient career. He, he was only at Brighton for you know, three and a half seasons, I think it was. Um, but he says in terms of the the party atmosphere, Brighton was by far the biggest party club he was at. Um, and remember, they, this, this was an era where nobody had mobile phones. You, you could go out with the lads uh, post-match and, and enjoy yourselves. And, and if you want, you know, and Brighton's one of those towns where uh, if you want to enjoy yourself, there's there's a lot going on. One way of putting it. <laughs> uh, Marv, you you obviously came through your Liverpool fan as well, but you kind of came through when Lawrenson was at his peak of his powers and Hanson. Did you model yourself on Lawrenson or who did you model yourself on? I mean, I loved um, both of those players, Alan Hanson and Mark Lawrenson, as Kieran alluded to. They've been so comfortable on the ball, really, really comfortable on the ball. And when I first joined Luton, I wasn't a a defender, so I came as a, a midfielder. So it was um, quite interesting to see that they turned me into a centre back, stroke left back, and um, I ended up obviously trying to maybe play a little bit similar to those two guys, Alan Hansen and Kevin um, 
sorry, um, Lawrenson, and um, try to bring the ball out of defence when when the time was right. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really interesting how some players decide to model on others, whereas you just Marv, you yourself, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way you got to be in football. That's the way yeah, you got to be. You got to make your make your own niche. So we'll move on to left or right of side of centre back, Kieran. Um, right on, for, on the left uh, centre back. Even though this player is is right footed, he has played as the left side for the vast well, for practically the vast majority of his career. Um, he's a one club man uh, as far as Brighton is concerned. He's he's played over four hundred games for the club now. Um, he too has scored two own goals in the same match. In fact, he's got quite a record for. Scoring own goals. He's also uh, been picked to play for England. Um, has he played? Has he actually had a cap? He has actually played. He has a yeah. cap yeah. for England. It, it was a friendly. Um, he has been linked with other clubs at times, but has has stayed with the club and uh, has been a magnificent captain. Uh, who's, who, in in my opinion, and clearly I'm I'm slightly biased here, is is underrated because. He looks like an English centre half, if you know what yes. I mean. Go ahead, and therefore, yeah, Lewis Dunk. Lewis Dunk is correct. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I was just going to say, would I mean, in your opinion, because you would have seen a good um, lot of Ben White. Who would you say between the two? I know Ben White's at Arsenal and he's been converted at right back. I mean, I really like him, by the way. I really do like him, but I also like Lewis Dunk as well for his out and out defensive qualities, if that's so to speak. Lewis Dunk will put his body on the line. Ben White will put his body on a sunbed. And (laughs) that's the difference. Um, Lewis is a defender's defender, if if you know what I mean. So... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. He's an out-and-out defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. You've had so many good defenders. I'm, I'm not going to preempt actually, in case you, in case you come in with somebody else. But I mean, was it Ian Wright who said that before? Obviously, Arsenal got Ben White. I think Ian Wright was the one who kept on going on and on for a good five years now. How good Lewis Dunk is. How underrated he is. I think he's arguably the one of his biggest promoters in the mass media, I'd say. So he sees something. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love Wrighty to bits. I've, I've done five live on a couple of occasions with Wrighty. And, and even though he used to play for Palace, he, he's, he's such a good guy that you, you can't help but but like him. Um, I, I think he, he, see, he sees those qualities because, remember, he... He played with Adams and Bold and Keown. So yeah. I, I suspect he sees elements of those players who uh, their job was that if they couldn't stop the defender through tapping, they would get their body in between the the, the attack of the, the ball and the goal um, and, and do whatever it takes. Um, you know, none of those three centre-halves, were, were, you would say, were blessed with exceptional pace. But I think Lewis Dunk reads the game very well. Um, his distribution is... Is magnificent. You know, he, he he is sort of a modern quarterback style yeah. of of centre half, and and his his ability to switch the play is 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 really good, and that certainly helped us um, this season in particular with with his ability to. Uh, to, to bring the two wingers that we presently play with into play as, as much as you can. No, definitely. Definitely. So we're going to move on. We've got Lawrenson, Lewis Dunk, who is the last one. And the next one is another England international. He had his career ended by Vinnie Jones, tragically. Um, he uh, was in the England squad in the 1986 World Cup. Um, he confused Bobby Robson, the manager, because of his name. And um, he he scored in an FA Cup final. I think who scored in your FA Cup final? I am trying to think. Oh, Foster, Foster was suspended. Yes, yeah, so that's why I was going through my head, going, "No, it wasn't him." No, um... Unless this is where we've. I feel awful not knowing this. You know, you go, yeah. And there was a player with an identical name to him who was a fullback yeah. at Everton at the same time. Gary Stevens. Oh, Gary Stevens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gary Stevens. You had some great players in that team, in that um, early 80s team. I like. I, I threw in there Fozzie, um, Steve Foster, for those people who don't know what I was talking about. Uh, Chris Ramsey, even. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of it, do you think that that squad is... I know it's hard to compare eras. What are your thoughts on that squad compared to the current one? I, I, think, I think the players individually, compared to the rest of that division, were probably slightly better. Yep. But I think in terms of we now have a coach who has given us a style of play that 
means that we are a union. We brought Brighton punch above their weight. Yeah, you know, we, we've just beaten Liverpool 3 0. We, we beat Chelsea 4 1. We beat West Ham 4 0. We, we've won at Old Trafford this season. Um, we won at uh, the Emirates in the effort in, in the League Cup. We, we have a certain style of play and everybody buys into it from the chairman down to the tea lady. You know, it, it is there. We, and for the first time, in, in my life watching Brighton, I would say that we we really do have an identity, which which other people realise what we're going to do. And at times it gives me kittens because I don't know whether you saw the, the West Ham game. Um, two of the goals came from the goalkeeper making a short pass in our own area. And then 10 seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. But the risks that we take are are significant and we will get caught out and we have to accept that. But uh, it's it, it's fascinating to watch. Yeah. It's- it's the only way, for, I mean, for me, Kieran, it's the only way to play. If you're going to be successful against these big clubs and better so-called better clubs, if, you, if you're just going from back to front, you're just giving them the ball back. And so you've got to have a bit of self-belief, you know, and like you said, I mean, the way they play, and I mean, Brighton's been fantastic to watch and a joy to watch. And it doesn't surprise me because when you have a, a group of players who are all brought into that and, and got that belief and trust one another with the ball in certain areas, I mean, the world's your oyster. Yeah. Yeah, talk us through the, the. Did he go to the FA Cup final in in 1983? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I went to both matches. Um, I was at Manchester University at the time, so the, the first match was a, was a two two draw. Came back for the replay. I was doing my finals at university. Probably the worst 12, 24 hours of my life because I was the only Brighton fan on. You know, in those days it was quite lively. Um, so I was the only Brighton fan on the United special coming down from Piccadilly. Uh, I had to lock myself in the toilet on the way back because it was getting a bit leery. And I, I got back, I got got back to Manchester about 7 a.m. and I had exams. This is, this is my final exams at university. I did an exam at half past nine. I, I wasn't in a good state. <laughs> Put it mildly. How'd you do in the exam? Uh yeah. You- you made I, it now. You made it now. I, I, I've, yeah, I, I, I try not to remember that one. I didn't remember very much at the time either. But you remember the yeah. But you remember the game. You remember. Yeah, yeah. Both both matches before goal thrillers. Yeah, yeah. And something to remember and something to always always have in your mind. Yeah. Um, um, is it could, nice could to be, go there for that or playoffs? Um. Oh, go cup final. Cup finals. Yep. Pl- playoffs are not pleasure. Playoffs are relief. You know, if, if you lose an FA Cup final, you still got to an FA Cup final. You've still yeah. got something to show for it. Um, playoffs, horrible, horrible. There's there's no joy, you know, unless you're 4-0 up with five minutes to go. Uh, there, there's no joy in the playoffs as, as, as somebody who's watching because you can't, even if you're a couple of goals up, you think, oh, they could get one back. They, 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 you know, I've, I've seen Brighton win away uh, in the first leg of a playoff and, and then be 2-0 down in, in the second leg and yeah, the, the misery that that causes. Play, playoffs are horrible experiences. Yeah, no, I... Definitely agree. Definitely agree. So before we uh, stop for a, a short break, just wanted to find out about the podcast you do right now, uh, The Price of Football. How did that come about? Well, I mean, you and Kevin seem to get on really well on air. Um, <laughs> how, was it, how, did, how did the idea come about? It's a very niche podcast, but a fantastically it, podcast. It, it, it is. I mean, we've had 7 million downloads, which is, which is ludicrous for a niche show. Um, I, I'm, I teach at uni. Um, the, the, the uni... Is always trying to get people to speak to media outlets. So I used to do a lot of work with uh, with Five Live, um, especially with their, their business shows, because Five Live sort of, you know, you think of it as being a sports station, but it's sort of, you know, current affairs and so on. So I used to get asked to do all of the sort of the football business things. And then one of their guys said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going to set up my own podcast company. I think podcasts are the way forwards. Um, would you ever go at... Uh, Doing a doing a football podcast, football finance podcast. I says, well, it, it, it won't work with just me, you know, because I think you've got to have a relationship with with the audience, and that relationship comes through, you know, just like just like um, you know, you two guys uh, have here. It it's it's got to work with uh, sort of communication, and we, we won't have enough stories. He says, well, yeah, I'm only looking for twenty minutes a week. Um, I say, well, we'll we'll give it a go. Um, I was living in Manchester at the time, but I was just thinking of moving down back back down south. Yeah. I'll be honest, I wanted to move back down south because I got a season ticket at Brighton and, and travelling from Manchester to Brighton once a fortnight was was getting a bit of a bit of a pain. What wasn't necessarily good for my marriage either, because football comes first. Um <laughs> yeah, sort of. We'll, uh, we'll, bleep, but, we'll bleep that bit out. Yeah, yeah, I'll be I'll be most grateful. Um but our 
our first granddaughter was due to be born born at the same time and and i managed to sell it to to my my wonderful wife as well yeah if we move down here we'll be close to the grandchildren and she goes oh yeah that sounds really good um and she says nothing to do with the football okay? oh, well, well, i'll be a bit closer to the football yeah but i haven't thought of it like that um <laughs> where, whereas where's the where's the real reason is that if i need to if you know if we got a three o'clock kickoff at at the amex finishes at five you've got to get from Falmer Station to Brighton. There's 30,000 people all trying to catch the same train, so it's a nightmare. Then you've got to get from Brighton to London. You need to get across London, and you need to catch the last train from Euston to Manchester. It's it, it's scary. You know, quite often you are you are running for that train. You know, I, just, I just don't need the stress. So um, I, I knew I was moving back down south, uh, and I, I, I know of Kevin – because he used to do match of the day too. He, he's always one of those guys. Remember, yeah, those problems, that, those those programs that you see. Do you remember the eighties? He's always popping up on those sort yeah. of programs <laughs> as well. Um, and when when Brighton nearly went out of business in the nineties, he's a Crystal Palace fan. Uh, you know, a big Crystal Palace fan, and he said at the time, um, "I'll do a benefit gig for Brighton to help them survive." And I've always remembered that. So. I, I pitched to him on Twitter. I just sort of DM'd him, just like just like you got in contact with me, um, and said, "Look, we think I'm having a, thinking of doing this." Didn't tell him I was a Brighton fan because I thought I thought it failed the show. <laughs> um, and, and simply, he was he, he's, he's a very polite guy, and he was too embarrassed to say no. So we, we started and, and we did the first twenty minutes, and we got some okay feedback. And it was the time that Berry were going bust, so we had more and more material and. Yeah, we went from 20 minutes to 40 minutes. And then the producer said, um, why don't you do a Q&A show? Okay, who's going to write in with questions about football finance? Uh, and now we're doing we're doing about two hours of material a week, uh, which is a lot of research on, on my side. That's what I was going to ask. How those people listen, how long does that take to research? Yeah. An episode. Well, just, 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 just in case my wife is listening. 30 minutes, um, the, the, the bleeped out bit, probably about four or five hours a show. <laughs> but I love it. I, I, you oh, know, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, it's transformed my life in the sense that, you know, I'm, I've now, I'm now on Wikipedia. Yeah, you know, I'm a teacher. Um, I now go on sort of BBC Breakfast and things like that. You know, it, and, and, yeah, my mum, my, um, my family's all, you know, as you can get, probably guess from a name like mine, mine you know, my family's all from Ireland. My mum lives in this little, little wee uh, village in in the west of Ireland, and she'll be sort of telling the neighbours, my, my, "My son's on the telly this morning now," and she's <laughs> so you know it's it, it's 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 grand for that type of thing. Um, but we've got we've got six or seven hundred. We got a pile of six or seven hundred questions unanswered, yeah. Uh, which which we are slowly trying to work our way through. But the the, the audience are brilliant, yeah, and and they also hold us to account. And if, if it wasn't for the audience, um, and also lockdown, because in in lockdown, it the, the show sort of for two years gave me a sort of a, a focal point, something to to concentrate on. When um, and the nicest thing that people have said about the show is that we became their extended family during lockdown because of the relationship between myself and Kevin. And Kevin is absolutely brilliant because he, as a, as a professional broadcaster, knows how to frame the questions. He knows when's to crack a gag. He knows when to be serious. You know, he's a prof- he's, he, he writes for Have I Got News For You. So he's, he, his role is, is hugely understated, but he's, he's absolutely brilliant at what he does. No, it's fantastic. I, I, I love listening to it. I've got Marv onto it and I'm sure it's just going to keep keep growing and growing. It, it's a great podcast and um, to, to, I recommend anybody jump onto it. What we're going to do is we're going to pause here for a quick break um, to hear from our own sponsors. And when we come back, we will hear um, the midfield and the front two of Kieran's My Best Eleven. Hi, I'm Kelvin Davis. This is Sean Deitch. This is Ricky Hill. My name is Kevin Nichols. My name is Mark Pembridge. Hi, my name's Rebecca Lowe. Kevin Gallen. Hi, my name is Mick Harford. My name's Steve Davis. This is Ian Foyer and Kevin Foley. My name's Graham Alexander. And you're listening to... And you're listening to My Best Eleven. My. My Best Eleven. My Best Eleven podcast. Welcome back to the second part of My Best Eleven with Kieran Maguire. So far, we have for his Brighton Best Eleven, David Stockdale, Mark Lawrence, Lewis Dunk, Gary Stevens. I'm going to hand over to Marv for before we get into Kieran's rest of his 11 for Marv's 60 seconds. 
Marvin. Okay, VAR or no VAR? VAR. Favourite other sport, Kieran? Cricket. Best ground you visited? Tottenham Hotspur New Stadium. Okay. Best player you have ever seen live? Root Hullet. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Pele or Maradona? Pele. Fish and chips, pie and chips or pasta? Fish and chips. If you could choose one for Brighton, one only, which would it be? Champions League winner or Premier League winner? Champions League. Which is your next favourite team? Uh, Kilmarnock. Which is your least favourite team? Uh, Crystal Palace. No, no, Chelsea. Chelsea now. Now that they've stolen half of Brighton, Chelsea. But it's, it's for the last 40, 40 or 50 years, it's been Crystal Palace. But Chelsea have taken over in the last six months. Okay. If you was manager of Brighton, who would be your first signing? Uh, Mo Salah. Ah, and one more. Okay. Golden goal or penalty shootout? Golden goal. Ooh. So, <laughs> so many things to unpick there. So many things to unpick. Uh, so, <laughs> Graham Potter, Chelsea... Is, it, is there really that much animosity now? Because, I mean, I know they've taken a few players from you guys. Is it the way they've done it? Or is it because is it because they're Chelsea? I know there's a bit of animosity towards Chelsea throwing the money around like it's candy. What is it? No, it, it it's, this, this is the, the paradox of it all. Graham Potter is a magnificent human being. Um, he, he went out. Yeah, eighteen months ago, as a, as a Premier League manager, so you know, you know he's he's well looked after. He's in a professional job. He went out on a Friday night in Brighton um, and slept in a tent to highlight the homelessness problem in Brighton. Brighton's got more homeless people than anywhere else on a proportionate basis. He's uh, I, I love the fact that he started off uh, as a university uh, coach. And, and has worked his way through. I love the fact that as an English manager, he's he's taken his family to Sweden and come back. You know, he's learned. Um, I, I love the fact that even as Chelsea manager a couple of weeks ago, he says, no, I'm not going to slag off the referee, even though it, you know, it was a bad decision, um, because I've got a responsibility in the game to ensure that grassroots referees don't get abused on a Sunday morning. I'm going to set standards. So I think Graham Potter is, is absolutely magnificent. Chelsea is a loathsome football team. Well, no, it's a loathsome management team. They, if, if they, if they'd wanted Potter, they could have signed him during the last summer, and that would have given Brighton the time to go and find a replacement manager. But they waited until six weeks into the season, and it, it wasn't that the fact that they took Graham and his two guys. That you know that they, you know, management team comes as a package. They, they took Ben Roberts, who was our goalkeeping coach, fantastic coach. They took Bruno who was our former captain. They took our head of recruitment. They, had, they took our head of data analytics. They'd already taken our player of the season from last year. And then in January, they come back and they try to, they try to sign Kai Shado, you know, just and by making very public offers. So I, I, I loathe the people in charge of Chelsea and uh, I, I wish Graham Potter a long and successful career. Um, but I'm not big enough to say at Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lo- love the love of football fans. It, it's, it, but that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And it's interesting you said about um, when Kevin did the did the gig for Brighton. Um, and I think even as a Luton fan, I don't know if Marv can say this or not, but even as a Luton fan, I cannot stand what I detest the club. But I personally would not ever sort of want to see them go bankrupt. Because if they go bankrupt, I don't want MK Dons or Stevenish to be seen as our rival. You want to keep that rivalry. And I think Luton being through so much more financial hardship than Watford, I know that a lot of their fans actually did exactly the same thing. They didn't do gigs, but they did exactly the same thing. Can you bring yourself to say that, Marv, or not? No, 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 I don't hate, hate Watford. I mean, because, I mean, over the years playing in those derbies, I've got to to know quite a few of the players and socialise with a lot of those players. So, I mean, the club itself... Is, um, is, is a reason why there is that rivalry because I mean, they're so close to each other. So, I mean, I don't hate them, but I think you have to play a, a role where you don't have a um, a big like fan of theirs. There's a bit of a mutual dislike, I think, between the players. Right, but once the game's over, I mean, we'll have a drink in the bar. Well, as we used to do, a drink in the bar after the game, or have a drink out on a, on, a, on a night on a Saturday night out. Yeah. Yep. As you say, it's kind of like a job. It's a job for some of you guys as well. That's what, unfortunately, you you stayed at Luton for your holy career, but others jumped around a place, like you said about Mark Lawrence and earlier, Kieran. Um, it's the way they see it. We'll move on to midfield. Where would you like to start, Kieran? Um, I, th- I think you need to start with your captain. Um, this uh, this captain of ours, he he took us to two promotions. He is one of the few people to have both captain Brighton and been a manager. Um, the fact that he 
he left us for Macclesfield was was a bit confusing. But he's uh, he's he's been uh, he's, he's managed seven different clubs, uh, including in the top division at Manchester City. He he signed Uwe Rosler, and uh, he and I think you might. Guess who this is from this one? He once turned down going to Chelsea and agreed to stay at Luton Town. Yep. And he's been on our podcast. Yes. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Horton. Brian Lobby. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The stare. The man with the stare. Yeah. He, he, he was a leader. Yeah. He he drove he drove the club. When we when we were down, he was the person that all the players looked to. Um, and he was the person all the fans looked to. He, he was an absolutely magnificent captain um, for us. Uh, he, he he seems to be a decent guy. You know, he, 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 I remember this was in the seventies. Football was different then, uh, but there was there, there were no airs or graces about Nobby. What you, what you see is what you got, and and he, he he never gave less than his total being in every game. And and that as a fan is the type of thing that you'll always you'll always forgive. Somebody can have a bad game, but if you if you can see that they put blood, sweat and tears into it, then then you say, well, yep, that, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, definitely. And he never cut the fan base because there's some players of those type players that, like you say, always do a six and a half, seven out of 10 every week. Occasionally you have the nines, very rarely have the fives, but they can sometimes split the fan base. Why are they not a nine out of 10 every week? Why can't he never split the fan base? No, no, he was, he was always, uh, he was always our leader. Um, and when we were, Promoted at uh, at Newcastle in 1979. Nobby started it with a diving header, you know, from a corner. Go, what? Nobby doesn't score goals like that. But it was a match we had to win, and he delivered. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You remember Nobby quite, uh, Marv? I mean, uh, he, he had met, met him quite a few times. Yeah. Yeah. When he when I had um, when I had um, like joined the the, the apprentice the Luton staff then back then he had already left. But um, obviously, big big character, big leader like Kieran says big captain so seeing him play like throughout the years before I actually Jake joined the club on um as an apprentice so yeah massive leader yeah oh, definitely so we got Nobby Brian Horton um as your captain in central midfield who have you got around them are you going to full out wingers or are you going to go two next to them how are you going to shuffle this five um I'm I'm going to have one proper winger um you 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 talk you spoke about players that that will be a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 followed by a five. This is one of those guys, but um, he was magnificent. He was unplayable in any day when, when he turned it on, he was, he was just absolutely wonderful. And he, he wore his heart on his sleeve. He had a few red cards because he'd just get angry. Um, he Are we talking had, left or right? Right. Okay. He was French. Ooh. He was player of the season in the championship in the year in which Brighton were promoted. And he previously played at Leicester and he left you Leicester look, to go and play in Belgium. You, you look, have I got it right one? You look yellower? Yellower? No, no. He, he was Argentinian. No, he's, a, he's French. French. Yep. And then he went. He went to play for Fulham. Didn't didn't. And he's he's still he's still a pro. I think he's only thirty one. But his his best ever season was at was at Brighton. He played at Leicester. Played at Leicester. Um, he he famously at Leicester uh, in the playoff semi finals. He was fouled in the last minute in the box. Got up. Took the penalty itself. Took the penalty penalty himself. Keeper saved it. And Watford. And it was this will upset you as Watford fans. And Watford zoomed to the other end and, and scored and, and knocked Leicester out. Andrew, I thought you were a Leicester I, fan now. I'm not. My son is. Oh. I couldn't care less about Leicester. Don't get me started why he supports Leicester. I don't know why. Bloody eight year old. Um I can see was his at, face. And was at Fulham, Kieran, as well. He was at Fulham. Did yeah, you say? he's he's been at Fulham. I think he's at Huddersfield now. No, it's not. You know when you have head names stuck in your head. All I've got is Anthony Knockcast oh. stuck in my head now. It's not him. That, that is him. Oh, is it? Is he French? Yeah. He's French. No. Yeah. Have you? You couldn't get anybody more French. French. You could (laughs) not get anybody more French than Anthony Knockart because he is the classic, you know, temper tantrums, pirouettes, the full works. He's he's a Gallic genius on his day, and then we don't know what happened. I know he he was very close to his father, and his father died, and he he just struggled after that. Um, very 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 sad, but a, a magnificent player. Moody, um, very moody, 
but that's part of the reason why we love him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, every, yeah. He, he might as well come onto the pitch with a with a bunch of onions around his neck and a striped shirt. Uh, yeah. He was that French. Excellent. But you. So you remember him though for being that flamboyant, and he bought you something in that championship season that yeah. nobody else could or nobody else yeah, did. Yeah. He, he, he scored. Yeah. Well, we we scored a lot of goals that season, but. He, he, he contributed. Um, he, he also scored uh, in the match in which we were promoted to the Premier League. Uh, so, yeah, lo- loved him to bits. J- just sad for him because he was so he was so loved that he, he, his career didn't really push on after after leaving Brighton. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Um, I mean, either of you, Marv, why do you think, obviously, as an ex-player, why do you think some players don't or can't kick on? Is it quite often in their head as much as their body? No, I mean, or is it just bad luck? Go to the wrong club at the wrong time, change managers six times in the season, or what is it? I mean, how long was he? How long was he there at Brighton for, Kieran? Was he three or four years? Probably, I mean, probably four. It, it, I mean, it could be like multiple of things. Like, I mean, different culture, how the clubs run from club to club. I mean, he could have been like signed as a as a as a player for a certain role where they wanted to play him and probably, I don't know, I don't know, it could be multiple things. It could be like family might not have settled. I mean, it's difficult sometimes to, to settle in different areas, moving up from up and down from the country or from a different yeah. country, multiple things it could be. Do you think that's an important message that fans need to realise is there are any number of reasons as to why this doesn't work out? Oh, yeah, because as, as fans, you only see players as those people that you manage on Football Manager. But, yeah, you know, I, 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 go to clubs I, I talk to, you know, I, I teach for the LMA, I, I have contacts in, in the game and, and you know, clear my, my, you've had a professional career. You, you are dealing with exactly the same issues that other people are having to deal with at work. You know, you're a bit worried about the kid at school. You know, he's, your son or your daughter, they're, they've been bullied or, you know, you're not getting on. You've got your, your other You've got your partner giving you grief. You, you don't feel 100%, but you don't want to admit that you're not feeling 100% to the manager because there's two of you competing for that position. So, yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on. And I think Anthony did, did struggle um, with some domestic issues, with the loss of his father, to whom he was very close, and, and so on. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame if you've got players that, that, that could and should kick on. But as you say, it's same as every, every walk of life. So we've got... Brian Horton, Anthony Knockhart, two very different players. And <laughs> who have we got next coming up? And where are they playing? In the centre or? Um, they're going to be sort of a slightly advanced role. Um, this this player, probably the most technically gifted player I've ever seen in a Brighton shirt. Um, 38 caps for Spain. Uh, he'd won two titles in La Liga with Valencia. He'd won the UEFA Cup. And then... At the age of 30, he, he turns up at Brighton and we go, what? Why Why are you here? Um, if, if if he did two decent hamstrings, he would have never come near us. And he, he, he was there for the best part of two seasons, probably played no more than 20 games. But when we played Liverpool in the League Cup, and yet this was in the Championship, um, he, he was on fire and he, he ran Steven Gerrard around. He... He was just one of those players that when you see them on the pitch, their feet don't touch the ground. They float over the air and he could shimmy and, and, and send a defender to the floor with a, in a heartbeat. And, and by all accounts in training, half the time that the, the, the other players said, we're not even going to try against him because we can't. He was that good. Um, was he at and, was and he sad, Valencia? Was he saying it was? Valencia, yeah. Have you got it, Andrew? I'm trying to think. He, he, he didn't play in many games, but no. when he did and when he was in the mood, that was it. Was it um, Vicente? It was Vicente Rodriguez. Oh, just just brilliant. sat there All proudly going, was it Vicente? No, no, no. That's the only one I could A guy I could think of. No, I wasn't sure. Uh, but when, yeah. he, I thought when he said Valencia, I thought, yeah, I think I remembered him. Yeah. It's, it's almost amazing when players come in the championship, players come to you who played at clubs like Valencia and you just go, wow, you, wow. You didn't realize. This is, this is, there, there yeah. is a gap. There is going to be a gap yeah. if you get promoted. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. He, he should. He should never have been at Brighton because he was. He was linked with Real Madrid. He was linked with going to to Manchester United, and he 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 did. He loved Valencia, but he you know, he he'd, he'd injuries, and that 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 was that was such a tragedy, such a tragedy because to see such a, a magnificent athlete, um, and, and we're all professionals in our own walks of lives, but sometimes you just go, 
this this person is operating on a different plane to to what I, and that's it doesn't mean that you're jealous you know you just admire them from a uh, you know as a fan you go my god and and, and things as a professional you go wow you know that that's that that's sublime yeah no no I definitely agree definitely agree so we've got Vincenzo in there Brian Horton Anthony Knockhart who are the last two midfielders well there's not many ginger Argentinians with an Irish name with a World Cup winners medal. <laughs> you know, I've never looked into this. <laughs> Where does the surname come from? Is it is it mum and dad or one one dad's Argentinian, mum's it, Irish? No, no, it's grandfather. I think the grand uh, grandparents. There's there's an Irish connection. Yes, um, but it, it can only be the the, the magnificent uh, Alexis McAllister. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I'm a Brighton Hove Albion fan. We've got a World Cup winner at our club and you go uh, he, he won and, and it's not and it's not as if he he won it 12 years ago and, and yeah. he's, he's 36 and he's he's you know picking picking up his last hurrah he he did it at brighton at the age of i don't know was he 22 23 um an incredibly deceptive player the fact that argentina looked completely different with him in the team the fact that he he made he created the space he did he did messi's hard work for him yeah. and, and of course he had a hand in that that I think it was the first goal um, yeah. that, uh, that they scored in the final, which from a technical point of view was just a, a magnificent piece of, of, of football. Yeah. Um, so yeah, delighted for him by all, by all accounts. He's a really good kid as well, which, which makes you even, you know, it makes it even nicer. Um, and, and he will go on to have a successful career and, and that will be in all probability somewhere other than Brighton Hove Albion. But, you know, I've, I've seen him play. Uh, some some of the goals that he scored have been absolutely off, out of this world. He, there was there was one at Everton, 25-yard dipping volley, and you go, you, you just, you just you, you sometimes you hit it, you know, from the minute it leaves the foot, that's in the back of the net. Um, so he's, he, he's done really well for us this season. Um, it was not easy coming back from the World Cup. I think the club dealt with it very well. They said, just take two or three weeks off. Go, go, go back to Argentina. Go and celebrate. This, this is magnificent. And, and the club just get on with things. And, and I think they, he appreciates that. So that's why he's not, he's not been you know, a big time Charlie since coming home. Um, and if we get, if we get him to the end of the season, fine. If we get one more season out of him because we're playing in Europe next season, of which there is an outside chance, that, that would be magnificent as well. No, definitely. no it's, been, it's been great. I think like, like not just over like recently, but over the years, Kieran, like Brian, I've seen to find these little gems and like they've all, like they've moved on obviously to maybe what they call bigger clubs. But what is it, do you think, where, um, how they keep producing or finding these players? Well, um, they, they have a philosophy. There is, there, there is a system at, at Brighton. And, uh, you know, Graham Potter moved the club on from where we were with Chris Hewton. Chris did a magnificent job, but we've been struggling to avoid relegation. The the style of play, you, you know, you said you said in the 1-0 or 4-3, I'm, I'm a 1-0, I'm a Chris Hewton style of, I'd be a Chris Hewton style of manager. But the crowd was starting to get a bit restless because setting up for a 0-0 every, every away game was was tough to watch. Gra- Graham took it on. Um, and the the club owner... Uh, is is a professional gambler. He he he's a maths graduate. He's somebody that that can turn numbers into tunes. And his gift is to be able to understand bits and pieces of algorithms and bits and pieces of data with regards to footballers that the other clubs don't understand. So therefore, yeah, we, we've we've got Mitoma from Japan for two and a half million. We got Kaishado for four million. Um, we we've picked up uh, Eve Basuma for for next to nothing. He went, you know, he's just gone to Spurs. Yeah. Um, and even if we lose these players, we're really excited because we've seen the production line of 18 and 19-year-olds who are on the bench who we're desperate to see on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little bit like you guys and you guys and Brentford um, yeah. have almost got this, this method of doing it. Um, how do you feel as a Brighton fan, though? Obviously, with it's exciting to see all these players coming in. They're kind of like, I'm going to use a really dodgy phrase here, so forgive me. It's almost like the Moneyball style of doing things. Yeah, yeah. But... How does it make you feel that you don't have that that they may block a Brighton boy coming through and playing in this team because because they because you bring in a two and a half million Matomo instead? Um, I know you still have some come through. You got I mean yeah. people like um, I know you, you obviously you spoke about Lewis Dunk and we spoke earlier about Ben White. But how does that make you feel? It, it it it's the way of the world. 
you know, yeah. so- Solly March has been magnificent for us this season, and he's he's another local lad. Yeah. Um, w- would it be nice to have to do the equivalent of what Celtic did when they won the European Cup and of I- eleven players from within three miles of the ground? Yes, but actually, that's sort of the icing on the cake. The cake is they're a really nice bunch of players because you know I'm fortunate enough to know people who know people within the game that tell me yeah we all know who are the the pains in the backsides and so on we've got relatively few of them um they're they're very professional I've, I've never been prouder to be a fan in terms of if i go to places now and say i'm a brighton fan and everybody says the same thing best best run club in, in football and, and that's what we're we are a well-run club we'll never be a wealthy club we'll always have a bottom six playing budget but we'll we'll keep punching above our weight until we don't, and then we go down to the championship. I'll still be a fan. That makes a difference to me. Yeah, and, and that's what it's about. Um, just um, going back to, you spoke about when you've got a big club and when you're taken over um, and when you come through. I know Miles only 60 seconds. Which ground do you prefer, Goldstein or Amex? Um, it's it's the Amex. It's yeah. it, it's a magnificent place to watch football. Yeah, the Goldstone, the Goldstone was a dump, but it was our dump. That, you're talking to you're yeah. talking to Kenilworth Road fans here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which the only other picture you ever see is a trampoline in the backyard. It's just ridiculous. And <laughs> yeah. I've I've been to Kenilworth Road as an away fan. It's uh and, and I know Gary Sweet, yeah, he's been on he's been out been on our show and, and I think Luton do a magnificent job in what's a really tough division. But uh it, it is nice to have padded seats. It is nice to have concourses which are 20 feet wide and you can you can have a drink with your mates before and after and during the match um it, it is nice to have sort of a, a pitch which is in perfect condition every time the goldstone was rolled mud yeah yeah and then obviously you guys having to jump around um gillingham um yes with the <laughs> yes the yeah that's what it's called i can't remember what it's called back then yeah how how does that as a fan how do you feel going through that was that tough was that the toughest period as a brighton fan Yes, because there were occasions when you didn't know from week to week whether you still had a football fan to support. So, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, I, I know the problems that you've been through at Luton. Well, you know, I'm, that's my specialist area is looking at things. I've been to meetings at Berry Town Hall. I've been to meetings with the government trying to sort of explain the finances of football. We've got South End United who are subject to a, a winding up order last week and they're not out of trouble. There's eight or nine clubs, which I'm aware of, which I'm really twitchy about at present. Um, it, it's nice not to be in that position, but having been in it, uh, you, you were saying earlier with regards to your feelings about Watford, what, what I always say to people, you can't have a rivalry without rivals. Yeah. And you've got, whether you like it or not, you've got more in common with a Watford fan. And I've got more in common with a Crystal Palace fan, as much as I hate their clubs as institutions than you do with some bloke down the pub that supports Liverpool or some bloke who, who, who you see in, in the supermarket. He says, oh, yeah, I'm a Manchester United fan because they win all the trophies. That's not supporting football. Yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 it's it's foot, foot, Being a football fan, it's it's the purest form of love that exists, in my view. Yeah, you, you might you might bin your missus off for somebody else, but you won't bin you won't bin off your football club. <laughs> no, you do right. more glamorous. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. So we'll keep going. We've got one more midfielder to go, wherever they are. And are they going to play behind the two? Um, yeah, th- this this one th- this player is uh, my uh, my Swiss Army knife. Um, can play as a fullback can play as number 10, can play uh, alongside McAllister, sort of uh, sort of the fulcrum, can push McAllister forwards. Um, this player scored Brighton's first ever goal in the Premier League. Um, probably the best value pound for pound signing we've made in the Premier League. Um, scores goals non-stop um, for, for a midfield player. Yeah, it's strangely regular how often he does score. Like, yeah. not to coin fantasy football, but you go, oh, God, why, did I, why did I... He's one of those players. He's a frustrating player as a non-fan from that perspective. But you're right. What um, what nationality is he? German. Yeah. Right. Yes. Pascal Gross. 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 Pascal Gross. Yeah. The the Kaiser. Yes. Um, wow. He. What? Yeah. He, he's he's great. He just he just, he he is that player that puts in the seven and eights out of ten every week. He, he's got no pace, but he can. But if he'll, he'll play at right back. He, he he's um, he, he's not very tall, but he wins an awful lot in the air. He he rarely gets yellow carded, but he can still put himself about. He can put his foot in. Uh, he's been here for six years. 
you know, we, we signed him for, for three million pounds from Paderborn in Germany. And every season he, he does that same thing. Yeah, you know, he'll get, get us half a dozen goals um, and, and he just reads the game superbly. And you know, he's now 31. I think he's on a one-year contract. I think the club will do the right thing and, and renew that contract because uh, he, he's, he's got no pace to lose. So, uh, you know, why, why not carry on playing him? No, definitely. He's a very, very, very underrated player. Just want to throw in some other names that um, I've written down, about Marv, but um, people like Jimmy Case. Yeah, J- Jimmy, Jimmy in, I, I thought about Jimmy uh, in, in 1983. Jimmy yeah. took Brighton to the FA Cup final. He scored in the semi-final. He scored in the quarter-final. He scored in the fifth round. He scored in the fourth round. Um, and he, he later came back as manager. Uh when when things were bad and, and we always appreciate him for that uh yeah he, he was he, he was in my starting 20 I, I started off with 25 and I narrowed yeah. it down to 11 and that that's taken me most of the day yeah we yeah, always ask time. this how hard was Marv always asked the question yeah. how hard was it to do your, I know we're not difficult. done yet we're not done yet the, I know it's a lot more difficult than people actually think until they actually had to sit down Kieran and go and think about it. it's like oh my gosh and even sometimes we've had guests where We've thrown in names. Oh shoot! I forgot about him. You know, you know what I mean. Which is a player is very embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot a teammate. <laughs> was it hard? Yeah, it, it was. It, it was really tough because I've, I've been on WhatsApp with my mates this afternoon, and we we none of us have got any work done. Yeah, we're <laughs> going. Oh yeah, what about yeah? yeah. It, it, was, it was. Yeah, we, it was. It was really tough. But that's part of the joy of it because I, I was on a sort of a similar show a couple of weeks ago where I had to choose my eight favourite goals of okay. all time, and then the music which was in the charts at the same time, and that 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 was a nightmare because my, my two loves in life are football and music, and that was painful. So <laughs> many lost goals. Ah, oh, definitely, definitely. We're going to keep going. We've got two positions left. How are you? You got big. What? You, give, give us a clue first. Big man, little man, pace. What are we doing? Uh, no, I'm going. I'm going for um, two centre forwards who yep. are far more graceful and far more subtle than people will perhaps give them credit for. Um, but I think they could play alongside each other because they they would just tap their, They would terrorise defences. Um, I think they have played together as well. Um, so. Uh, the first of which um, has they're both English players. Um, the first of which came from Rochdale. Um, at the time, he was biggest Brighton's biggest signing for probably fifteen years um, at least, and, and sort of gave the club uh, a, a real boost. Um, he's played in the Premier League for three different clubs. He uh, w- was being talked about as being an England player, but but never got called up into a squad. Um, He's scored more goals for Brighton than, than anybody else for a long, long time, um, and uh, he he has been forgiven for committing the greatest crime that a Brighton player ever could do. Was he was he at Leicester? Nope. No. Nope. No. Oh. No. I was going. I wasn't sure if you go in the other one. I wasn't sure if you're going for. But I'm not going to say in case he's the other one. Um, Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. Yeah, Sir Glenn. Um, he his goals took us. Uh, he was magnificent for us in in uh, in, in League One. We got promoted. Um, he got twenty goals. Ashley Barnes got twenty goals that season. We 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 were pretty pretty tasty team. Um, couldn't agree a contract with the club and, and left to join Crystal Palace, which was which was a heinous crime. Yeah, it's as bad as it goes. Um, he 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 got Crystal Palace to the Premier League, which which made it even worse. Um, yeah, wasn't, he, is he on that documentary on Amazon? Isn't he on that one, the Eagles Dare thing? I think he's on that. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to watch it, of course. <laughs> I, I'm far too petty. <laughs> Just wait until you guys are all or nothing, then you'll be watching it. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and and he came he came back. Things hadn't worked out for him at Bournemouth. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd gone from Palace to Bournemouth. Wasn't quite right uh, with between him and the manager. Came to Brighton on loan, then signed on a, on a full and got us the goals, first of all, to get us to the uh to to the premier league and and secondly to uh to keep us there for a couple of seasons so uh yeah it's it's super glenn himself oh yeah very he's one of those strikers like uh, i don't say underrated because if you see him you know what he does for the team but i think Mm. if you're a three minute highlights tv fan you never quite get why glenn murray's in the team because he doesn't he doesn't get the flash goals he 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 puts a shift in he gets mm. in the Premier League ten goals a season. He's not a twenty yep. twenty five player. 
but he, he does the job. And if you're a fan, you really see it. Like you say, the movement, he puts the physicality on to make, to just create space. And if, if you lump the ball up to him, you, you know that he's going to win you plenty of free kicks because yeah. his, his, his ability to go down like a sack of spuds with, with the merest <laughs> of nudges from a centre-half yeah. is, is absolutely legendary. Yeah, like, like I remember Alan Shearer. Um, we've had Steve Howard on here who's perfect at it as well. The old leaning back, but suddenly yeah. you look like you're at, the defender looks like they're giving a foul, even though you're leaning back into them. He was good at that, yeah. was he? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Next to Glenn Murray, who do we have? Um, this next player is fairly unique. He's played in all four divisions for Brighton Hove Albion. Um, he has played for four clubs in the Premier League. He has scored playoff winners at Wembley for two clubs and he's played for England. Has he played for three clubs in London? All Premier League clubs are in London? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, West Ham, Tottenham and who's the other one? Fulham. Fulham, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure if he played it. Has he played at QPR? Uh, he played at QPR yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. so four, four yeah. clubs. Yeah. QPR yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. Marvin? Bobby, Bobby Zamora. Yeah, so, so Bob. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when he first came to, to Brighton as a, he was, he was a 19-year-old he was on loan from Bristol Rovers and we'd go, Bristol Rovers, why are we signing players on loan from there? Um, first time I saw him, I think it's his second or third match, he scored a hat-trick at Chester. Um, then he went back to Bristol Rovers and we thought that was it. Um, and the start of the next season, it was announced, you know, with very theatrical, we've signed Bobby Zamora for £100,000. We're, we're, you know, we're in the bottom division, we're playing at, at Withdean um, and he, he's... He scored the goals, which got us promoted that season. Went up to the to, to, to League One, did exactly the same. Uh, great player, love it, love him to bits. All Brighton fans love him to bits. Uh, he he left to go to Spurs when Brighton got relegated back to League One. That was perfectly understandable. Didn't work out at Spurs. He was only you know he was then swapped with for Jermaine Defoe. Uh, did really well at West Ham, um, and. Uh, he scored the, the winning goal for them in, in the playoffs and for QPR. And, of course, he helped Fulham to get to the uh, UEFA Cup final. Yeah, it? he was there when yeah. Roy Hodgson was in charge yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 And, and he's, he scored against uh, some big, big teams. Uh, Wolfsburg, who were the German champions, I think. And, um, and so on. It, it was just a real shame that he was injured uh, just before the final. And he tried to play and it was quite clear that he yeah. was struggling. Yeah. No, he's a fantastic player. And like you say, very, he's, he's almost like a niche player these days. You don't see players like Bobby Zamora anymore because he had a pace, but he also had a yeah. bit of that. I'm just going to, I'm just going to barge through. You don't let me throw. I'm just going to keep going through you because um, he had the physical presence to do that. So awesome. Marvin, over to you. So, Kieran, who is going to be the manager to manage this? Team. Um, th- this manager transformed Brighton from being a standard League One team to a club that tried to play tippy tappy in League One and get a- got us promoted on the back of it. He he left in shame. He was he was sacked for gross misconduct. But I'm going to give you Gus Poyer. Um, start craving mad, <laughs> um, theatrical, eccentric, passionate. I, I'm not sure I would have liked to have been, I'm quite a shy and reserved. I, I think I would be completely the wrong type of person to be in a dressing room with him. But he he transformed what we were familiar with in terms of football. He, he, he took, he, he saw one of our centre-halves who we thought local lad, bit of a clogger, but he's a local lad. We quite like him. Um, and and he said after six games, this is the, this is the most uh, disciplined. This is, this is the most talented passing player at the club and we all sniggered and then three or four months later we're going he was right so uh he was he was quite visionary he the trouble is he he couldn't manage upwards and, and you've got to be able to manage the boardroom just as well you've got to manage the uh the dressing room um and that that was ultimately was his his downfall do you think he changed like you said changed brighton do you, uh, um forgive me in terms of brighton in the 90s but he you're now known as ball on the ground, passing team. Do you think that he was the one who really started that identity? Yes. Or really yeah, he, he was, he made yeah. that one, yeah. Yeah, he, he was the first person to make us realise that getting it forward doesn't have to be done in one pass. Um, and having defenders who are competent on the ball is actually a good thing rather than don't fanny around, which is, you know, that's what I've been brought up on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was he was very progressive. He was uh, ahead of his time, um, but he was hard work at the same time. Yeah. And he rega- and but the fans got on really well with him. Obviously, you're successful, so you're going to. But yeah, yeah, he, he, he took us he, he took us to um, the championship 
unfortunately, his 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 time at the club will always be remembered for the final match, which was a playoff match at home against Crystal Palace. And whatever happened, the team didn't turn up. And there's all of these rumours that he'd already handed in his notice 48 hours before. So, yeah, you you can imagine what social media is like. Um, And I think his his reputation has suffered as a result of that. But, you know, time's a healer. Yes, yes. And you're welcoming him back with open arms if he, oh, I'm sure he does come back anyway, does he? He's, I don't think he has come back, but I believe the club are putting out a, an all or nothing start of their own all or nothing style documentary in which he's been interviewed. So, um, as you say, yeah, you, you can fall out with people, but it life is too short. Um, let, let's just make up and, and get on and remember the good moments. No, definitely, definitely. I did, I did my um UEFA B coaching license with Gus. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we back in the day, yeah, like fun guy, like you said, wanted like when you had your topics and you got to do the certain topics, he would be saying, well, no, this is the way, he'll be telling the lecturers, this is how yeah. you've got to do it. Yeah, that was, yeah. That, he's, that he's, he's, he's not shy. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, he didn't, he didn't kick on at Sunderland, did he either? Well, he, he, he took over, they avoided relegation. I mean, Sunderland was that club that was always going to be in, yeah, come November, it was going to be in 17th and then it sacked its manager. That's that's how Sunderland operates. Um, yeah, he, he fell out with them. Then he's, I think he's managed in Greece and he might have managed in China and well, but it's, it's yeah. never ended well. Yes, yeah. Well, I want to say on behalf of myself and Marvin, thank you so, so, so much for your time. Um, it was fabulous to hear from you and to hear about Brighton. Um, a club that we've mentioned it a few times, particularly in the 80s. We we swapped quite a few players. Um, you've given us, um, despite his, um, despite a lot of people right now questioning his ability, but we've loved also taking Nathan Jones from you. So yeah. I will be very, very eternally grateful for that because he, he did something as well. He pulled Luton. Um, yeah. And he's he dragged, mad. Dragged Luton up and, and, he's, yeah, and he's mad as well. Um, but no, we, we really, really appreciate it. It was lovely to hear from you. Um, and make sure um, you jump on, listen to the Price of Football podcast, jump on Amazon or any other um, any other outlet. Um, the book as well, written by Kieran, Price of Football, which has got, uh, the only thing I realise is you, it's very hard to read on the Kindle because all the spreadsheets doesn't yeah. really work on the Kindle. Yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah so I'm sorry sure about you, that. Make sure yeah. you open up the paperback, go old-fashioned. Um, but it was great to hear from you. Um, and thanks so much for your time. And that was Kieran McGuire's Yes, thank you, Kieran. Hello.